Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem, and today we're going to talk about how to deal with criticism, basically, how to turn it into medicine, turn the poison into medicine, and how to really thrive and be successful and also be of service during these times when everybody's a critic. So today on the show, how to deal with criticism, right here on Revealing the Diamond. First off, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Minds Dye, who makes custom-dyed fabrics, much like the one I'm wearing right here. If you want to get yourself something like this, she can do all kinds of colors. She can do bed sheets. I've got some on my uh, bed downstairs from where I'm sitting right now in sunny Mexico. And uh, yeah, check check it out. I mean, I, I just can't say enough good things about Minds Dye. Get yourself something today from their Etsy store or get in touch on uh, Instagram as well. So today, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to talk all about how to deal with criticism. But before I get there, I just want to say, if you love our show, give us a five-star review on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Subscribe on YouTube. Tell your friends. It allows us to reach more people. I also want to let you know that we have plans for beginning retreats down here in Mexico. So if that's something that speaks to you, uh, send me an email, tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com and just say, hey, I want to I want to know more or go to tiagoprem.com and join the mailing list. I've got lots of courses and other content on there that you can check out. Everything, all information at tiagoprem.com. Okay, so let's talk about criticism and how to turn poison into medicine. We're living in a time now of cancel culture where, you know, people, if you did something... Um, 20 years ago that was in bad taste you may have you may remember you may have forgotten um we're now living in a time where people want to go back and rewrite the past or rewrite uh films or or, or just change things from the past in order to um have a cleaner present and it's problematic you know i think about my own life i've struggled with that where i've you know i, I i've my whole reason for doing what I do, like practicing yoga, sharing meditation, doing all of that, um, has been about recovery. You know, when I started practicing yoga and meditation, it was about trying to find some peace in my life because I was dealing with um, years of criminal behavior and addictive behavior. And I found it really challenging to find some peace of mind and to change my patterns. And so I have been doing this work for 20 years of my life and in the process I've also um, you know uh, uh, basically I've been doing the healing work that I've been doing in the public because for two-thirds of that maybe um, I have been a public figure which means I've been teaching publicly I've been sharing my life openly in social media I have been vulnerable to the public and so, you know, something that I said 10 years ago is going to look a lot different than it does now. And I'm really grateful for that healing process. But I have tried to erase the past, too, because, you know, people have passed judgment on me saying, oh, he's doing this practice now or he looks that way now or he has this name now or he said this before or he taught in this way before or whatever it might be. 
And then people say, okay, well, I'm done with him and on to the next thing. And I think that's, that's kind of a challenging thing when it comes to like healing work and wellness work because wouldn't you want somebody who was open and honest about um, their process and their flaws and, and all of that? And, and wouldn't you want a teacher who's open about that rather than somebody who tried to convince you that they've arrived and that everything's perfect in their life and et cetera. I mean, I don't know. I think I, I think I want that. I mean, you know, obviously, <laughs> I guess you have the teacher that you need. Like what, you know, they say when the teacher is ready, the student will appear. Oh, no, wait, it's the other way. But I think it goes both ways. So when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. But also when the teacher is ready, the student will appear. So you see what I'm saying? It's like when you're ready, then the people who are there to learn from you will appear. If you feel called to teach and share. And I think anybody who's listening to a podcast like this or watching these YouTube videos, um, I, I would believe that you, I would say that you've got to be committed to doing some kind of serviceful work where you're going to help other people. And, and if you're not, then stick around. That might change in your life. So um, my point being that, you know, people seem to go back in time and find some reason to discredit somebody. And we do that. It's an ego thing. You know, we do that because we're like, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. And I'm, you know, I, I've experienced that in my, in my life. Like, you know, there's a concept in yoga called Guru Sakshat. And Guru Sakshat means to honor the teacher in front of you. And I find that really challenging in my younger years of yoga practice because, you know, I could do a bunch of a bunch of fancy postures or I had a deep knowledge of the scriptures. And uh, because of that, I would think like, oh, well, this person, they can't do what I can do. They're not as flexible. They don't have the same knowledge. And so I don't have to listen to their insights, which is such an absurd thing for somebody who's attempting to share any kind of spiritual wisdom to say, you know, it's like, you're basically like admitting to the people who are interested in what you're saying that you're a fool. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, like the Guru Sakshat thing is just honor the teacher in front of you. You know, unless the person is like trying to abuse you or cause severe physical harm or mental or sexual harm to you, like, obviously then you don't honor that but if somebody's saying like i don't know try putting your elbows like this in the posture or um have you ever thought about the bhagavad gita like this or have you ever thought about jesus this way or have you ever considered the perspective of an atheist or have you ever considered what it is like for somebody who doesn't feel at home in the gender they were born into or Whatever it is, you know, are you open to uh, just allowing that person to be your teacher for the moment? Not for the rest of your life. It's not like, you know, somebody who's giving you some kind of advice that, you, that maybe doesn't make sense to you at the time. It's not like put their picture on your altar and, and chant to them every morning or something like that. It's more the concept of, can you honor the teacher in front of you? And I think that's important, right? I think that's important. And I would take that a little deeper based on what we're talking about today when it comes to how to deal with criticism, where I would say, 
can you honor the person who is criticizing you or discrediting you and and see the teaching in that even if they're wrong there may be some lesson in that and it doesn't mean you got to go along with it and it doesn't mean you need to you know even accept that you can listen without accepting that's the thing this is the the criticism and cancel culture thing that the problem that i'm seeing is it's like oh our views don't align and so therefore this person has nothing of value to offer oh this person did this back then and so therefore this person has nothing to offer it's a very harsh left-leaning dualistic mentality and it's the you know in the Sikh tradition it's the the manmuk it's the one that is living in the realm of the mind I'm right you're wrong I'm this you're that and you know that's what leads to all forms of arguments and that's one of the uh, the next episode that we're going to do we're going to talk a little bit about how, how brilliant Jesus was at responding to questions with a question and then teaching in parables and and the beauty of that is it takes away the somebody's right and somebody's wrong game that goes on and it and it creates sort of space for there to be multiple angles and viewpoints and 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 paradoxes as well and i found that uh most profound spiritual wisdom is a paradox anyways so there you have it I hope that uh, those of you who are listening to this episode, you, you're really taking in the sounds <laughs> of where I am because there's, you know, dogs and parrots and chickens and uh, kids and all of that. So it's the, some of the beauty of living in the jungle. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, we'd love to have you down here to practice with us. And maybe we'll do a little like tour of, of the spot here at, at some point. But for now, we're talking about uh, how to deal with criticism. So, you know, we try to erase the past, or we try to rewrite the past, or we would rather point out the flaws of others than look at ourselves. And 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 the, that's a really important aspect of uh, being a leader too. Is like, can you put yourself in the other person's shoes rather than you know play that game of holier than thou or or, I mean, the other side of holier than thou is like, I don't deserve to be here. And it's like, yeah, you do. You deserve to be here. You deserve to learn and grow and make mistakes and be forgiven and practice forgiveness and, and learn to see the beauty and the challenges. Like, you deserve all of those experiences and your voice matters. And I think, you know, being able to face criticism um, and turn the poison of judgment into medicine by means of compassion and self-awareness and uh, just learning and growing is, is really key. So we're going to focus on four areas today so that you can... I always love one of my mentors. He talks about uh, Lao Tzu, the writer of the Tao Te Ching. He talks about this concept that Lao Tzu shared where he says like, when the arrow appears, be not present. And when the arrow is gone, be present again. And it, it's a clever little teaching because it's like when there's an attack, 
don't get hit by the arrow. But once the attack is, you know, that once the arrow's gone, still be present on the battlefield in the arena. Does that make sense? You know, so the the idea is is like you're in the you're in the mix, you're in the challenges, but when the arrows are being flung, have the skillful awareness to not be present where the arrow strikes. And then be present again. Hey, here I am again, dealing with all of this criticism and cancel culture and virtue signaling. And I'm just showing up and trying to be a healer and trying to help people with their addiction and trying to practice yoga and teach yoga and meditation and learn something and make amends and be a good person and be a good father and be a good citizen. And, you know, in in a world that is filled with so much pain and, and suffering. So... So we can see the arrow, these areas of focus, we can see the arrow when it comes, and uh, so that we can learn to transmute these the poison of these arrows into medicine in the world, like the pain we felt into medicine, um, the challenging childhood we had, turning that into medicine, uh, sharing the practices that have helped us, whether it's creative practices or art or music or whatever it might be, um, you know, you get the idea. So we're going to do four areas of focus for today's episode. And uh, if, you know, if anything comes up for you where you learn something or you want to add to it, just, you know, get on social media and say, hey, Tiago Prem, this happened for me or, or whatever it might be. You can also join. I've got a uh, online community, Tiago Prem's Living Room. Uh, you can just come on in and join it. I, I think it's called Reveal Living Room. I just think about it being a space where I hang out, you know. <laughs> Uh, reveal a living room and uh, you can find access to that again at Tiago Prem and and if you have thoughts or insights you can just drop them on there and we can all uh, uh, grow and share together so the first area of focus is called grow anyway grow anyway you know, you're, you're going to feel sometimes like that you're confined to the reputation of your past. You know, it's like you get stuck in these old patterns. That's addiction. Um, or other people try to paint with the same brush. And we're going to go a little deeper into that. But we can feel confined by the reputation of our past. And when we feel confined uh, by the reputation of our past, uh, there's no room for growth, Right. It's like we feel like the world around us is telling us that we can't change, right? Oh, you can't do that because you always do this. You never do that, that kind of language. Oh, you, 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 know, you have this tendency. Oh, you're a this, and so you will never be a that. You see where it's all that um, judgy mind stuff? <laughs> it really is, right? So... So when you come up against that judgy mind stuff and, and people are trying to cancel you, just remember that let's get more interested in a culture of forgiveness. Let's get more interested in a love culture. Let's get more interested in a learn from our mistakes culture. And when somebody tells you that you can't do it because you did this before or, or you did that or you hurt this person or you hurt them or you're not qualified or you're from this race or this group or this gender or this however we try to divide and conquer the spirit the human spirit the human spirit will prevail and the way it will prevail is by saying nah cancel culture yay forgiveness culture yay you know opportunity for growth culture yay 
let's grow and expand and know that people are going to say you can't you can't you can't you can't you can't you can't which is usually just somebody who's dealing with that same kind of uh, frequency or repetition in their own head inside they're hearing you can't you can't you can't you can't because of their experiences whatever they might have been how they grew up where they were raised what was their culture how were their parents how were their peers da, 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 saying you can't you can't you can't you can't and so then they participate in the mantra you can't you can't you can't you can't and then so what goes in must come out you can't you can't you can't you can't and then what you know what do you get you're the next in line oh you can't you can't you can't you can't so <laughs> how do we break that cycle well if we if we buy into it and we start repeating the same mantra, then it's like network marketing. <laughs> it just it spreads. We can't, you can't, they can't, everybody can't. Cancel culture. Can't soul culture. No. <laughs> uh-uh. So, you know, we don't want to join in. You know, they say you can't beat them, join them. Um, I don't think that really applies here. I would say let's make our focus a little more so here on... Uh, how do we deal with the can't and the cancel culture? Um, you know, self-awareness, seeing why that person would say that, like where's their pain coming from? Um, and being there for that person, not taking on their shit, not taking on their can't, but instead uh, going, okay, I see where that can't's coming from and I'm not going to take that can't on but I see your can't and I raise you a forgiveness, a kind word, a compassionate gesture, a or a thanks for that and have a good life and I'm going to grow anyway. You know what I mean? So number one is grow anyway. Number two is learn from the past and be you, okay? So I, I kind of alluded to this in the first one, and these are all connected, but in the first one, I'm, uh, I was sort of saying grow anyway, and now I'm saying it's all right to learn from the past. Actually, it's great to learn from the past. Um, as a person who supports people in recovery, um, if I wasn't learning from my past, then I wouldn't be effective in my recovery. You know, I don't drink alcohol, I don't take drugs, and I feel really good about that and my relationships are better, and my health is better, and I get to focus on the things that bring me joy, like connecting with all of you who are listening to this. Um, but if I just pretended like I didn't have a drinking problem, well, that, you know, that might be okay for a minute. And I did try to do that early in my recovery, was like, you know, just kind of push it aside and pretend it's not there. But then the challenge with that is then like I would start believing that. Like it's like pretend you don't have a drinking problem and just don't drink and nobody will notice and then all of a sudden you won't be drinking anymore. It does not work like that, my friends. Okay, so you learn from the past, but the challenge, or let's take away the but and say and, uh, some of the challenge is that we go, okay, well... I have a drinking problem and therefore I'm an alcoholic and then I start to cant myself, <laughs> push myself down because I'm like, uh, you know, oh, I'm an alcoholic, I'm lesser than, I don't get to have any fun, I hurt so many people and, and it's just a real Eeyore of a time, a real downer of a time. And I don't, wanna, I don't want any of us to go there either. 
you know, for me, learning from the past in this particular situation is going, I have an allergy to alcohol. Okay. I have an allergy. That means like we had, we for many years have had a limited view of health. And so we just thought, oh, physical, that's health. Okay. So an allergy is like you eat something like peanuts and, you know, it makes you very sick. You could even die. And so therefore you're allergic to peanuts. Well, yeah, that's a physical allergy. But what if something makes you emotionally sick? What if something makes you um, spiritually sick? Those got to be allergies too, you know? Like I didn't have a lot of physical ailments because of my drinking, except for when I would get really drunk and like throw up all over the place and feel sorry for myself. Sorry for the graphic uh, (laughs) display. But where I was really sick is emotionally, I could not connect with with even people I love at all. And I'm still working through that, okay? And then spiritually, it's like I have this deep faith, this deep connection to God and to spirituality and meditation and learning, you know, as much as I can to about the mystical and about the practical and the spiritual. Like, I just love that. It, it feeds my soul. And when I would drink, like, that would just go out the window, and, and I would kind of, like, pretend I didn't have that, and I would become a different person uh, around whoever was there, and it was really painful. And so I feel r- so blessed to uh, recognize that, you know, if I'm doing something that's taking me away from the aspects of my life that I really love and that are really special to me, that's an allergy, And now that I call it an allergy, I don't have a whole story connected to it. I learned from my past, but now I get to be me. And I go, I don't touch the stuff because I'm allergic to it. You know, you're not going to start eating peanut butter sandwiches because everybody eats a peanut butter sandwich on Christmas. And and then TGIF, it's Friday, so you got to have a peanut butter sandwich. And you got to do it the next day, a peanut butter sandwich. And then, you know, you can't really dance if you don't have a peanut butter sandwich. And it's hard to talk to, you know romantic interest unless you have a peanut butter sandwich so you better just have some peanut butter sandwiches all around even though you will die if you eat a peanut butter sandwich it doesn't make any sense okay so learn from your past and be you and find some way to relate to your past without uh sort of selling out Like, don't sell your soul for your culture. Don't sell your soul for religious dogma. Don't sell your soul for your ancestry. Learn about those aspects of who you are, but don't let it define you because you are a unique expression of the Most High. And and by learning to be true to yourself in relationship to the culture, religion, ancestry, whatever it might be that speaks to you or where you came from, your roots learning to be yourself in relationship to that, then those things can evolve. They can get better as we move into the future. You can work through the problems of your uh, the previous generations who said like, oh, it doesn't get any better. They just kept driving the car looking in the rear view mirror, which is going to cause a major catastrophe, right? Uh, one of my mentors, Erwin McManus, who uh, I really love, I highly recommend checking out his book, The Genius of Jesus, um, he said this. He said, if something is for everyone, then it belongs in the future. If it's only for some, then leave it in the past. 
I love that. And that kind of an insight only comes from staying true to yourself. It's like, you know, if I can if if I can benefit the whole in some way, if I can bring love, compassion, healing to this, then hooray for that. But if I'm like this is on, this this love is only for some people. This pre- healing practice is only for some people. Something is just not loving about that, you know. If you're not from this place, then you don't get to share these healing teachings. Wow. You know, we've been dealing with that since, uh, go back and read the Bible. This is thousands of years of people saying, you know, well, if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. And <laughs> if, you're, if you're not of this descent, and if you're not, and, and one of the beautiful things about somebody like Jesus or Guru Nanak as well, they kind of went like, no, that's not how it works. Hello. And so you see, like, yes, Jesus was a rabbi, so you honor the tradition, you honor the law, but you never do anything <laughs> that you can't put love in it, even if it, even if you're, you know, the law says do it, but there's no love in it, then you break the law. It's the universal law of love, my friend, so... Number two, when dealing with criticism, is learn from the past, acknowledge the past, honor the past, but most of all, be you, and maybe in parentheses, if you can't put love in it, leave it. Number three is no prophet is accepted in their hometown. Uh, You may have heard this from Bob Marley's music, or you may also know the Bible. This is in the book of Luke. Uh, Jesus said, Amen, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Bob Marley used to say this all the time because, you know, he he grew up in Jamaica. He was half black, half white, and people told him he wasn't black enough, he wasn't white enough, he doesn't fit in anywhere. And I think that it's sort of in that middle ground that he was able to access some of the most profound spiritual teachings we've seen in contemporary times through music, is this ability to know yourself, know your faith, learn from the world around you, but don't let people outside of you define you. And then in this number three uh, area of focus, you'll notice, and probably you've experienced this, that the people closest to you tend to be your biggest critics, right? Like somebody who you grew up around may only see you at a certain stage in your life, which is limiting. You know, I learned a lot as a 16-year-old kid getting into trouble and taking lots of psychedelic drugs and doing graffiti and, and, you know, just causing mischief but at the same time like reading jack kerouac and the dharma bums and having like a a a super chaotic time right and that was fun when i was 16 i had a lot of fun i learned a lot i had an open mind um but there was so much pain associated with that kind of recklessness and anyone who knew me then would look at where i'm at now and go like well, he hasn't changed a bit. He's still, you know, globe-trotting all around and has all these different ideas, and he's a wild spirit. And, yeah, part of that would be true. I mean, that's why I'm broadcasting from this beautiful deck top in uh, Mexico. But um, the other part of that would be I learned so much from the pain that I experienced that now I can actually, like, help people who are like, 
I can talk to somebody who's coming off of crystal meth, or I can talk to somebody who's had a cocaine problem for a long time, or a closet alcoholic, or, you know, somebody who, you know, like did a yoga teacher training, and, and all they learned was you know, how to touch their toes, and they wanted something more, or anyone, you know, and everything in between, where before I was really limited to like the wild and crazy drug takers in my circle, and I couldn't relate to a wide range of people. So if someone was looking at me through that lens and only knowing me then, maybe they couldn't see the full picture of who I am. You know, so I, I would encourage you to be very mindful of that. Or I remember like sometimes I would be in my home city where I would teach and and people would be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's just really out there, super spiritual guy or whatever. And, um, you know, oh, he teaches uh, three times a week, so I'll just go when I can or whatever that might be. And then, you know, I would go to a new place and a lot of people would come and they would be like, this is so amazing. I wish I had this where I lived. Or I've had that experience, you know, too, where I've gone and seen a teacher who I love and I'm like, oh, man, if I lived here, I would go here every week. And some people are like, oh, yeah, I come when I can. But, you know, I have to get in a car and drive across town. It's this sort of like we take genius for granted and we take the people we love for granted because we think like, oh, they'll always be there. This is part of it, right? It's like when we're in like a growth phase like we're just on fire for like i'm like i'll drive two hours to go to your class you know that kind of thing and then when we get comfortable and sort of like kind of move out of our learning phase and we get into like a plateau phase in our life where we're just kind of like going through the motions anybody had an experience like that no you guys are on fire all the time for knowledge and wisdom <laughs> uh but when you get to one of these plateau phases um, we take people for granted, and if we're if we've been in that plateau phase for a while, we sort of kind of get like we become like an armchair philosopher, and we think that we know everything more than everybody else, but we haven't really you know gotten the mix for a while. It's like you know somebody who played high school football, and then it's like thirty years later, and they haven't gotten off the couch, and they're going like, oh, I could have done that. Where it's like just get out there and throw a football around for a while and and then you won't have this distorted view but we uh we get critical when we get sort of comfortable you know we just kind of like oh well that's so and so good and and we don't see or even in a relationship like you're in a relationship with somebody who's amazing like they're so talented and they're so funny and they're so courageous and they're just like so quirky and just they're just the, a gift from god and then you live with them you know for a while and you just think like oh they just like chew their food loud and they never pick up their socks and like this person is just ew yuck i mean it's the same <laughs> brilliant person but maybe what changed is you okay and so I'm here to remind you that when somebody is critical of you, that you are this brilliant being with a mission. And some people may have just gotten too comfortable with the parts of you that were struggling at a time in, in your life. And don't take their feedback as uh, something to live your life by. Okay? 
think about the people who have been moved by your medicine, like the person who's been like, oh, what you do changed my life. Your music changed my life. Your songs changed my life. Your painting changed my life. The way you show up as a healthcare worker changed my life. Um, whoever it is, like, you know, people who really just are moved by you, you're like super fans. Think of the people who've been really moved by your medicine. And when you're feeling discouraged by, you know, your the local townspeople that don't respect the the brilliance in you, think about somebody who does respect the brilliance in you and just focus on how you can serve people like that in your mission. And all the other critics, thank you, bless you, I love you, I forgive you, let's move on. Okay, and then number four is fulfill your mission no matter what. Fulfill your mission no matter what. And this one is just kind of to tie these all together and land the plane. You know, there is always going to be a reason for why you can't. Okay, Fix your vision on why you can. Even in this home, like we kind of moved into this place and, and it's like, there's lots of space, but we don't really have any furniture. And are people going to be able to come down here and practice with us? And, you know, the Internet's not really working that great. And there are certain things that were supposed to be done in the house that weren't. Okay, those things need to happen. We need a little checklist to do. Get the tasks done for the day, do our duty. But let's not make that the focus. Let's make the focus. What do we want to create here? What are we, like, what is our calling? You know, feel it. Like, come up here on the rooftop and practice and see other people practicing yoga up here with you and, and see the beauty of the space and how you want to create it. Oh, but I don't have any resources. You, like, your mind goes that. Okay, I know that this is the resources that I need. Make a list, put it over there, okay? And just try to tick the boxes when you can, but make your primary focus what you can do, what is working. Um, and, and you might have some friends in your life who give really great feedback and it's honest feedback and it's not, you know, it's not pointing out all everything that's wrong, you know, that, but they are saying, you know, you might have a little bit, you may have lack a little bit of foresight in this area. Have you ever thought about this? And they give you a reason why you can by looking at the problem. Yes, we want that. We're going to fulfill our mission no matter what. We're going to be open to whatever God has to show us, but we're not going to be directed by people who are reciting that I can't mantra. I can't, I can't, I can't. No, we're not going to fix on that. We're going to focus on the vision. There will always be a reason why you can't. Let's keep our hearts and minds fixed on the vision of why we can listening to the inner knower, listening to God, knowing that if you have a mind, you have a mission, that you have been called to do even greater things than the great sages and masters who have walked this planet. And now is your time. Look at the world that we're living in right now. The I can'ts of this world are causing a lot of pain and destruction on the planet. Now it's up to us to do this work, to work with the criticism, to work with the I can't, to turn it into medicine. And I know it's hard, but it's worth it. 
If you love the show, please rate it, review it wherever you listen or watch the show, YouTube, Spotify, we're on all the platforms. If you want to go deeper and study, go to tiagoprem.com. I've got the Quick Fix 6 course up there. I've got some upcoming uh, webinars. I'm doing one on um, its classical yoga philosophy, but really tangible and accessible, much like we did today. Uh, Eight Steps for Living Freely as You, I call it. It's a look at Patanjali Yoga through a contemporary lens. I know you're going to love it. That's coming up in March. You can get registered for that on the site. And then I'm really stoked about, I'm going to do a course on the full Yoga Sutras coming up. So if you want to join that course, everything you need to know is at tiagoprem.com. And uh, I'm so grateful to be here with you all. I hope this new format turned out okay. I just keep uh, taking a glance down here just to make sure that I'm not blinding you with sun. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're going to focus on what we can do. And uh, it's just going to get better and better. Each of these episodes in this new locale are going to do better and better. And I can't wait for you all to be here with us. And, uh, you know, I just feel so grateful to be able to share I've been practicing yoga here. It's been wonderful. Uh, getting up, doing sadhana, getting up with the sun, going to bed with the sun. It, it, it truly is a magical world that we live in if we take the time to notice. So thanks, everybody, for being here. I love you all so much, and we'll see you soon. Bless. Bless.